going guys joe here back at it with another no man's sky podcast episode six and it is being hosted by myself joe um being hosted with joey and our new uh podcast member her name is Noltra. she was on our last episode last week so Noltra, how did you uh how did you get uh how'd you get started doing some uh some gaming well first off i just want to say thank you for allowing me the pleasure of hosting with you guys today and in the future podcasts. I feel very, very happy about this. Um, But yeah, so just a little bit about me. I guess I wanted to kind of um, just, you know, voice um, a little history about myself in the sense that um, I'm not new to gaming, but I'm definitely new to podcasts, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> I might be a little nervous at first, but I'll warm up to you guys, because I love you guys. I love you all so much. And I'm a little weird at times, so just bear with me, too. But anyway, so I am a little older, and I go back to the Atari age, and... Um, I, uh, but I honestly started on a Sega. That's where it all began. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, <laughs> brings back many, many memories of nostalgia. Um, so I uh, started there. And, you know, I mean, I grew up with consoles. Um, I didn't really get into PC gaming until my late teens. So um, I love my RPGs, I love my first person shooters. Uh, I used to work at EB Games back before GameStop bought them. Uh, good times. I really miss. I really miss working there. Um, but yeah. So. <laughs> oh, oh, what's this? Moose has given me some 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 shade. <laughs> Thanks, Moose. Love you too. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I, that's, I, you know, I'm a console player, a uh, handheld player. I, I have, oh my gosh, do you guys remember the Game Gear? Oh, yeah. Game Gear. Good times. My, uh, my dad had one of those. Really? I'm not that old, sadly. <laughs> I think my favorite game for it was, um, was Echo. The Dolphin? Yeah, the dolphin. I played that on the Sega. Yeah, I played played it on the Sega. Yeah. Yeah. So. Game was hard. It was. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Game Gear was the shit. Um, But yeah, so. um, But what really drew me into consoles and gaming itself was was Final Fantasy VII. That was what what stole my heart and really threw me into. Well, yeah. Yeah. Apparently the episodes for it are going to be like, um, are gonna, there's going to be multiple episodes and each episode is going to be essentially an entire game. So, oh, I gotta interested do, to see how that is. I got to do some homework then. I got to do some investigation. Yes. Sweet. But yeah. yeah, I just heard about it when it last time I was at work. <laughs> oh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yep. You're talking about, right? Yep. Okay, wait. I just was like, Wait, are they doing an Echo the Dolphin remake? No. <laughs> I got really excited for a second. I was like, wait a minute, I need to do some work. Oh yeah, the remake I'm really pretty stoked about. But I'm kind of nervous to see how it's going to go down. 
you know, because I, you know, I'm just, I'm one of those people that really want it to be a complete remake of the old game. You know, everything's got to stay the same, but I know that's not going to happen. It's not realistic, you know, because you got to get new players, you know, interested in, in it. Because, um, you know, well, oh man, Moose and everybody that's listening, I got to be honest with you. And this is something I had to be honest with the guy straight up. I have never, ever played Zelda, ever. Please wow. do not grab your pitchforks. Wow, I didn't know that. That <laughs> hurts me. And, like, you know, burn me at the stake. The but new I, one looks I, fucking gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't even seen it. I totally what? missed Nintendo. Yeah, I totally missed Nintendo's day at E3. I have you to go back. You should go on YouTube. You should go on YouTube. It's brilliant. I know. So I apologize. I apologize. I will. I will do my homework and look into that. But yeah. But I do know that that Zelda is not Link. <laughs> so I know the difference. I know the difference in those good. two. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. And and another side side note too. Or I guess a side story. I actually met my husband through a video game. Um. A virtual reality game, actually. Second Life, if anybody knows what that is. Um, and we've been together for eight, eight years. Long time. Damn. Yeah. Yep. We met at a club. Second <laughs> Life. Woohoo! <laughs> ah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's a little bit of background on me as far as my gaming history goes. Um, currently, I guess, right now, I'm playing The Witcher 3, Fallout 4, a little bit of The Division, uh, a little bit of ESO, until No Man's Sky comes out. And then, you know, finding out everything I can about No Man's Sky in between. And, and you're going to be playing the server with us. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing, guys. I've never played Minecraft, either. Okay, don't get the pitchforks out this uh, time. Fired. <laughs> We are looking for someone who's actually played games. <laughs> Thanks. Submit applications hey. to at nomanscast.com. Later. <laughs> Later. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, someone did say a server. <laughs> we got a Minecraft server for you guys. And I'm yeah. going to let Joey talk about that. Okay, so with that, the IP for that is um, it's going to be 97.90.162.23. That's the multiplayer. Um, that's the multiplayer server for that. So if you guys want to hop on, it's actually already live. There are a couple things that you have to fix on it, and I'm getting yelled at by um, by Candace Major like continuously right now because he needs me to check on something and I can't at the moment because I am in the middle of something else too. But essentially what we're going to be doing on it, so there's going to be a couple different worlds. There is, um, so there's going to be a building world which is full creative and then there's also going to be a, um, a survival world which is just vanilla survival 1.9.0 and on it you can kind of do whatever you want. Uh, there's not really any competitions on that one but on the building server what we're going to do is probably going to do a weekly competition um, essentially building whatever uh, whatever you guys really want to build and we'll probably do we'll probably do like weekly things where we figure out what we want to do whether or not it's going to be No Man's Sky related or whether or not it's just going to be building related or like make, make up genres for it 
And after we figure all of that out, um, whoever wins, we could set them up like their own flat like world or give them a special item if they want it in survival. We could figure out that kind of stuff and go according to that. Or if they want to be on the cast, that could be a reward as well. Like if they want to be on a cast for an episode. So we'll go we'll kinda of play it from year uh, play it by year from that. But um, at the moment, people have seemed to really enjoy it. Uh, we've done a lot of testing on it. We're going to work on actually getting an economy in there, too. But at the moment, we don't, we don't have one yet. So, yeah, that's just kind of the basics on it right now. It is vanilla, and it is bucket. So we have plugins. So if you guys think of any cool plugins that you want to be used as well, that would, uh, that would actually be very, very helpful. Yeah, I need some ideas and inputs from you guys when I get in there, because I have no idea what I'm doing. So, you know, y'all can she's burn gonna be me the, at the stake. She's going to be the op that's just going to troll everyone. <laughs> get ready, guys. Trolling's coming. I'm going to be under that bridge, yelling profanities everywhere I go. Oh, good. Grieving <laughs> everybody. How dare I? How dare I? Oh, you know, that reminds me. Okay, so, uh, Joey, did you go over how you got into gaming at all? Did you say yeah, a little Joe. bit of thing? Yeah, um, Okay, so for me, it started out really when I was younger. Um, I got a, I ended up getting a PlayStation, no, I think it was, no, it was a, I think it was the original Atari, it was the first one I actually played. And then from there, my friends got me into Pokemon, so I did that. Oh, yes! Pikachu. And then I think I I think I've had every single Nintendo system that there is and that there was at the time, so that was that was fun. Um, and so I've just kind of been playing that. I had the Sega Genesis. Um, I did have a couple of the other things too, like a couple of the other gaming systems as well. And all my friends Dreamcast? were really yeah, and all my nice. other friends are like big gamers too. So we were all just kind of playing a whole bunch of stuff, and I just kind of kept going with it. And I guess that's kind of where I got to. Where I got to where I am now, and I play PC games, I play all the new consoles, just kind of a little bit of everything. But yeah, that's my gaming background. Awesome. Pretty awesome. pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, I guess I suppose I should say some things too, since you guys did. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. I think you should. Um, I guess started playing on the original NES. My grandma owned one, and every time I go to her house on the weekends, I would go and play on that. And then from there, she bought like the Sega Genesis, so I played that. And then she bought like my first Nintendo 64 for my birthday, and then just went on, all went downhill from there. I owned like every <laughs> console after that, all the way up to the PlayStation 4, and now a freaking awesome gaming PC. Uh, I've played like all sorts of games. I know like all the the classic ones like Zelda, Super Mario, Smash Brothers, uh, Crash, Bandicoot, uh, all those guys. I've played every one of those games. And needless to say, I've wasted a lot of money on games. Like there was this game for the 360 called Brink that was utter garbage. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I played it. You shouldn't it was, hear of it. It was bad. It was terrible. It was, it was garbage. What was, was the terrible. what was the whole background or the synopsis? You uh, want to go over that? I'll, I'll answer Pierre's uh, question afterwards. Um. So, Brink. It was like a first-person shooter, but it added, I believe, it added parkour into the game. It was kind of mixing like Assassin's what? Creed and 
first-person shooter, and it was just, it was awful. Like, the game mechanics were kind of crappy, and <laughs> I just hated it. I'd return oh. it the same day. I bought, I, like, pre-ordered it, bought it, and then I went and returned it the same day for something else, because <laughs> I did not like it. That reminds me of Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness. That was the worst game I had ever played. It was such shit. There were so many bugs in that game. It was ridiculous. <sighs> um, but yeah, so here was mentioning uh, Brain Age. <laughs> I have played it, but I played the DS on, and it's only because we have gotten it in where I work. And I was like, well, "What is this? What is this game?" Brain Age. Wasn't that where you had to do all the different puzzles? Yeah, that was all it was. Okay. It's just a giant uh, puzzle game. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, pizza. <laughs> that that describes exactly. Brink pretty much. Such shit, many bugs. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, let's oh, go man. ahead and uh, move on to some uh, some topics here. So for today's topic joey do you want to go over some uh some news from hello games like some of the stuff they posted on twitter the past couple days okay yeah so one of the things we saw so far was that um was sean actually posted something basically saying that they were in a uh they were in a battle with a company over the over the name sky which essentially was because um this is essentially because they the company was trying to sue them because they were trying to use the name Sky in their name, No Man's Sky. So they were in like a three-year-long battle trying to get it all figured out, and they finally got it solved, and now they actually have the rights to use the name. So that is a very, very good thing, because that does, that does ensure the fact they are able to keep coding, and it does ensure the fact that the company will be able to keep going where it is, and we will still see No Man's Sky in the future. What Hopefully. if it? What if they lost? What do you think they would have called it? No Man's Sean. No Man's <laughs> Oh man, Sean! Oh, I love it. Uh, that's what I, that's what I think too, Moose. Yeah, is the fact Moose. that it was probably the reason for the delay. Yeah, I think that I think that was part of it as well. No man's space. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been. Yeah, no man's air. I like no that. man's delays. No man's delays. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's one of the big news. Um. Is there anything else that I, I, I might be missing something? Uh, 65 Days of Static concert? Oh yeah, I'll let you go over that one. I didn't actually get to like look at any of the stuff from it, which is really, really sad. Yeah, I didn't, I've been way too busy to look at anything lately, so... <gasps> okay, so I'll pick it up. Okay. So, so a couple of people had posted um, some video footage and also some pictures of the latest concert with a 65 Days of Static at a club called Sonar D or Sonar Plus D and they've got um, I think it's maybe about like a 30 second maybe a one minute clip of just all new footage um, looks like new planets new looks like um, it, it almost looks like part of it is they're like going into warp speed which I have never seen through any other of the games it's mostly just been just been being on the planets and seeing the wildlife and the different flora or the flora and fauna um not sure if anyone else in the in the chat has seen anything um on it but it's very vibrant there's a lot of di different skies different colors it looks gorgeous it looks fantastic 
I can't wait. I did see if one you... thing that was really cool. It was uh, it was basically showing that you can uh, you can change the angle of your cockpit to where you can look like <gasps> it's like that's yeah. that's super cool. I did see that too. Yep. I'm gonna post a couple links into the chat so you guys can see what we're talking about, just in case you haven't. So let me. Oh, Moose, will you do me a favor and post the uh, um, the IP uh, for yeah. the server in there for me, bud? It's in the Discord notices. Post links, no Zeldas. <laughs> All right, guys. So there's a couple links for you guys to look out, look at the uh, the new footage and some new pictures. Yeah, exactly. The cockpit. Yeah. How could I forget my brain? Oh my goodness! How dare you forget such things? This is like one of the most important features of the game, and I totally forgot. Thank you, Pierre, for bringing that up again, and for Joe and Joey. Um, yeah, like I, I, I thought about it, and I was like, that was one of like the coolest thing that things that I saw there too. Man, I'm telling you, I really hope that they bring this out in VR. Can you imagine what that would be like to to play in VR? Oh, yeah, I would never, I would never get out. I would never take off my lenses. Oh, I'm gonna be dreaming about No Man's Sky. Yeah, uh, you guys have anything else you wanted to to, to discuss in the in the podcast today? It's it's a pretty short podcast thinking because we wanted to get to uh to get you guys up on that server to start playing uh yeah and like like i said the server is live right now so oh yeah so i do have one more thing um so i had posted in the subreddit um no man's sky factions we are looking for founders of any factions right now to come join us on a chat and share what you know what your faction is all about you know what you hope to achieve with it you know we want to hear your voice and get you better familiar with you know the community and the viewers here just in case you know some of you have never been on reddit or you or if you've never even heard of the no man's sky faction before the subreddit there um or if you know anybody that has a faction and you want them you know if they want to get on if, may, if they might be interested um we're gonna hopefully do a whole podcast um the next episode or two and get everyone on and get them talking about you know how passionate they are you know about this game and the in their in their community so that's okay i just uh, i just posted the um the ip for the server in the chat finished my league thing so i can actually do a lot more things now. Super sorry about that. <laughs> um, so now I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go on our Twitter as well. I'm gonna post out the IP on there as well, and I'm probably gonna hop on to where we can, uh, to where I can see who's getting on right now as well. There is a bug though on the Minecraft server right now. So if you were to go to the to the creative world before you go through the portal to go to the creative world, please make sure you go to your survival world wherever your home is and put your stuff up in the chest first. Just because if you don't, whenever um, whenever you go through, you'll have all your stuff in the building world, but 
whenever you try going back to the creative world, you'll lose it all because there it, there are different inventories. That way, people can't just kind of take everything from the creative world and pull it over. We're working on getting it fixed right now, but right now, since that is an issue, just be careful with that, okay? Awesome. Uh, do you guys got anything else to add on before we let them loose onto the onto the uh, server? No, that's no. it. That's all, all I right. got. All My right. short and sweet. Yeah. Topics. <laughs> yeah, only a short podcast today because we wanted to get you guys up and uh, playing on the uh, playing on the Minecraft server. And because I'm a scrub and didn't plan my time wise enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay we will have plenty more podcasts with other people on the show coming up in the next couple months before the game launches about your short what was your short pizza as we wait patiently Pizza is, uh, he's writing a book right now. Yes. <laughs> Chapter one. How it all began. My short. The end. Oh, a oh. shirt. Oh, a shirt. Yeah, he had mentioned that he won a shirt off of the I Am 8-Bit uh, giveaway on Twitter. Oh, really? That's cool. You should, uh, you should send us a picture of it or we can post it. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like. And are there any questions you guys have too, by the way? I'm hopping on the server right now, but I didn't know if you guys had any um, questions in particular you guys wanted to um, to ask. Just us, since we do have a new member now. I do have a question. Joey, did you get a, did you get a Discord set up for the uh, server by any chance? No, but I can do it right now. Okay. So I'll make that right now. All right, so create. No man's cast. Joey, I think that question was directed at you. Moose wants to know why you're so dumb. Alright, Moose. I don't need your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Here is the Discord group now. Oh, good. I'm going to favorite and this. I will, I will start editing stuff to where we actually have announcements, channels, and stuff. And everything. Awesome. Alright, if no one has any other questions, I think we're going to go ahead and leave this episode right here. So wait, is it, is it still live? I'm very confused. Yeah, we were just waiting to see if we had any more questions. But it looks like we're not, so we're going to go ahead and uh, just end this episode here. And we'll see you Alrighty. guys on the server. And uh, as always, leave some likes on this video. Uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel and on our Twitch page. You'll find all the links down below for everything or off to the side. I don't know how it is when you look at a stream. But as always, you guys stay awesome, and we'll see you guys next time.
All right, hey everyone, this is Ty with No Man's Cast. Um, you're joining me today on a special new mini-cast session that we're gonna start doing. We're gonna call it No Man's Cast Off the Record. Um, I have a special guest with me today that I'm kind of geeking out about a little bit, but um, I have a man named Andrew Renard. Reinhard? Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Reinhard. Yeah, Reinhard, there we go. So you wanna say <laughs> hi to everybody? Hey guys. All right, so the reason I'm geeking out a little bit is because Andrew has found a way to meld two of my absolute passions, um, history and archaeology with gaming. And I heard a little bit about him, and then I just I went crazy. So I asked <laughs> him to come on a little with me today just to do an interview, talk a little bit about what they're doing, because I find what they're doing absolutely amazing. Um, and it definitely pertains to No Man's Sky. So um, kind of give you a little intro. Andrew is, uh, can I say, classically trained archaeologist? Yes. Okay, so he's um, definitely classically trained, but he's uh, excavated in Italy, Greece, and is it most recently the Alamogordo, New Mexico stuff with Atari? Yeah, that's been the latest field work back in 2014. Excellent. So um, if nobody's heard about the Atari burial grounds, I definitely I suggest you check it out. It's awesome. Um, but I guess my first, first real question for you is, so how does a classically trained archaeologist go from doing excavations, like, classical excavations to like appearing in a documentary about Atari called Game Over um, yes. and writing two books which are what supposed to come out in 2017 right that's right so archaeo gaming and in, in, an introduction to archaeology in and of video games and digging Atari so how do you get from classically trained to what you're doing now uh, I, I think I started hanging out with the right people uh, <laughs> well, it's all about you who know. you know um, I, I guess. Uh, you know, I've, I've got Twitter to thank for a lot of this stuff. Um, but the guys I was digging with in Greece 20 years ago, um, you know, they're doing stuff, you know, still in the Mediterranean, but at the same time, you know, they were also, you know, running excavations and surveys in North Dakota as part of the Bakken Man Camps project. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've been talking a lot, especially when this Atari thing came up, you know, we were, we were talking a lot about what it means to be an archaeologist in the 21st century and, and, and what are modern artifacts, what does it mean to study the history of, of uh, what one of my friends, Bill Carraher, calls uh, late capitalism. <laughs> Um, and, you know, we're asking the same questions, we're looking at the same kind of patterns of behavior, we're, look, we're looking at, uh, you know, how people interact with stuff, and, you know, as, as, a, as an American, um, you know, digging abroad, that's, that's, that's one thing, but then to take a look at kind of the history of, of, of what's going on in the United States, you know, especially, you know, in the recent past, uh, has just gotten more and more interesting to me as I've gotten closer, you know, I guess farther away from the classics and closer to, to working with, with modern material culture. Yeah. I find it so crazy that when you do, you know, when you're doing a survey or you're doing a dig on ancient civilizations, like how much they had, but then when you go back and look and say, if somebody has the ability to do like a dig on our current culture, you know, hundreds of years later, how much more stuff and even junk they're going to find in, in that dig if it's still around. I mean, it's, it's just nuts. But um, so I, again, I wanted to say thank you because um, I know what you're doing and what you're getting ready to do. All of us as gamers are getting are super hyped about No Man's Sky coming out soon. Um, less than a month away, but so, I, and like I said, I know you're getting busy, you're getting ready for the rollout of No Man's Sky Archaeology Survey. 
Yeah. Um, and since it's all kind of new to you, are you? I mean, are you guys getting pretty busy, or are you winding down and just getting ready for the launch? No. Um, every every day we get closer um, to the launch. Um, things get that much busier. Um, you know, we've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this uh, survey and what it would mean to do archaeology in a procedural universe. Um, you know, since No Man's Sky was announced, you know, a couple three years ago, sure. and and um, it's it. You know, the closer we get, you know, the more geeked out we are yeah. uh, because nobody's done this before. You know, at least in a in a we're trying to do this in as professional a way as possible, bringing all of our skills to bear. Uh, all of our methods to bear um, on, on this uh, new kind of thing. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the team, we've got uh, 16 team members right now, yes. and, you know, we've, we've got a geologist, we've got uh, somebody who's doing geomorphology, somebody who's doing GIS, somebody who's a zooarchaeologist, we've got an ethicist, um, and we've got some general archaeologists and a space archaeologist with us, too. So nice. we're, we're trying to cover yeah. all of the bases um, you know, for for you know, planets that could really have have pretty much anything uh, to explore. So you know, right now it's it's getting our methods straight, uh, getting our code of ethics straight, um, figuring out how to do the data collection, uh, how to share the data, and of course, you know, a lot of this stuff might go out the window or will certainly be up for revision once the game right. launches because you know, Hello has been pretty cagey about how the mechanics oh, yeah. are going to work, how the Atlas is going to work. Um, and and all of that, so we're going to have to you know do some revision the first oh, yeah. you know week or two um, of gameplay. Um, sure. But then you know we'll have uh, best practices hopefully uh, by the end of the first month as far as we can get them, yeah. uh, and then we'll we'll invite people in to you know to continue to you know to support the project. That's awesome. I mean, I I'm sitting here thinking you know the the, the classes I took in college over archaeology and like the methods and how you how you do it. It can't. I mean, you guys are kind of, you know, you're starting, obviously, with that classical style of, of what you're going to do, but because there's no tactile, like, nothing you can grab and touch, that's got to be a little bit more difficult to try and, even since you can't get into the game yet, to try and figure out how the heck are we going to do this? How um, are we going to collect things? It, it is. Now, you know, in looking at a lot of the videos that IGN's been putting up and some of the other sites, um, you know, interviews with Sean Murray uh, in magazines and whatever, um, yeah, there, there's certainly, I mean, there's inventory um, and, and things like that, you know, that you can have. Sure. Uh, you know, there's going to be things that you can pick up and trade off-world. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got that going on, too, is that kind of immaterial material culture, if yep. you will. Yeah. Um, we, we understand that, you know, even though you can dig underground and explore caverns and stuff like that, that it's not really um, you know, a real excavation in a very classical or traditional sense. Uh, which is one of the reasons why we're starting off as a survey. Sure. Uh, it's important for us to to do flyovers of planets, um, to geotag things for future research, and to see if we can start looking at or, or identifying kind of these kind of macro patterns as far as where settlements are coming up, uh, what uh, environments might host such settlements, um, do settlements change over time, um, you know, is there evidence of, of of trade, of migration, things like that? And then, you know, can that be applied from world to world? You know, from one end of the galaxy to the next. With, with, uh, you know, the game as it is, everybody starts starts on the outside of the galaxy and works their way inwards. And so, you know, we're all having to kind of do the same thing, but on our own respective worlds until, you know, it, it's possible for us right. to maybe not necessarily visit each other, but to visit other planets. Sure. Um, you know, to kind of, of compare notes and see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, 
I can I can only imagine. Are you are you guys going to have somebody on your team that's just literally going to play the game and like try to get there, or is everybody on your team? Obviously, you mentioned that they all have kind of a spot and um, a specific study. But yeah. do you have anybody that's planning on just playing the game and saying, "Hey, check, you know, I found something here. You might want to check out this area of the galaxy as you go by." Yeah, um, we're all going to be playing the game, uh, and we're all going to be working our way inwards. And the way that the survey's mapped out is we're all starting on the outside and working our way in, so we can kind of hopscotch, um, you know, these planets as we go towards the center to see what things are changing, you know, to see what other pat patterns we can recognize. Sure. Um, you know, through the geotagging, you know, through things that are showing up in the atlas, and then for things that, uh, um, you know, we want to share, you know, internally with our own data or things that will be posted um, on opencontext.org. Okay. Um, you know, that stuff is, is basically, yeah, as you, as you said, you know, here's something cool, you know, somebody else can come along later and take a look at it. You know, if there's something that's just just outrageous, you know, it's like wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. You know, then we'll, then you know, of course, land, you know, take a look, document, you know, film, video, whatever, sure, um, and then take off and go to the next. Um, but yeah, we, we expect this to, to happen in, in maybe two or three waves, where we've oh, got yeah. fly we've got flybys, we've got people who are who are kind of batting cleanup, who then go and take a look. You know, they do a more intensive ground survey, and sure. then the third wave is basically choosing sites to actually excavate. Nice, very nice. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the more people we can get involved with that, the merrier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. you know, right now, uh, you know, we're really fighting against you know the scope and the scale yeah. of the universe. Well, and that's the crazy thing is like nobody. I mean, everybody has an idea of how big this is. I mean, eighteen quintillion planets. It's going to be <laughs> just absolutely insane. But at the same time, you know, even knowing the broad overview of how big it is, you yeah. still can't necessarily grasp the scale of what's going on until you actually get in there and realize, crap, this is, this is enormous. <laughs> yeah, um, nobody's seen anything like this, you know, at this kind of size. And I think that's one of the things that Sean Murray was saying in a recent interview was, was that, uh, you know, one of the reasons of playing this game is to really understand in a very real and human way how big the universe actually is, you know, and we're, we're talking about going and, and doing surface scans of planets and stuff, but these are planet-sized planets, right. um, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, you can make, you know, thousands of PhDs out of, yeah. you know, all, all, yeah. of, all of these things to excavate, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really nuts, Absolutely. so. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm so excited for not, not only the game, just to see what you guys do and, um, also, you know, with myself, with the Librarian Knights, I'm, I'm excited to see where we can go with that kind of stuff, too. But before I, I mean, we've kind of already touched on why we're actually here, but I got to nerd out for a second with you. Yeah, um, of course. So I told I mentioned to you that I'm, I'm a classical, you know, Greek, Roman history type of nerd. Can you tell me what, <laughs> what kind of, like, specifically you studied when you were excavating in Italy and Greece? Yeah, um, Italy was my field school, okay. and uh, I dug at a site called Poggio Chiwetate, uh, which is also known as Merlo. It's an Etruscan, uh, when we were digging it, we thought it was an Etruscan sanctuary from the Orientalizing period, sure. and it turns out to be a, like one of the most massive trade hubs in all of Etruria for, for, wow. that, for that place. Um, and uh, it is there that I found out that I was a terrible digger. Um, I had no technique. Um, I, I was no, I was the worst. I really was the worst. Oh no, I remember. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember my first my dig and like my first like week into it. My the professor was just like, "You gotta change what you're doing. It's ridiculous." Oh my god! You know, it's just yeah. You just get bounced from one trench master yep. to the yep. <laughs> And, but you know where where I really excelled though I excelled in uh, in working with data. Uh, 
I excelled in photography uh, and cataloging and basically all these kind of supporting roles and then finding connections, being, being able to read stratigraphy, being able to read pottery. Um, so not necessarily being able to extract the, you know, the pretties out of the ground. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you do once that happens? How do you look at the context? And I think those skills actually are going to serve me really well on this particular kind of survey uh, because we're not excavating, really. I mean, right. we're basically trying to draw connections. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that, like you said, I, I was kind of the same way. I, I was more of the, after I realized that maybe actually getting my hands dirty and digging in the dirt wasn't my thing I kind of I bounced more to like you said the data collection and looking at you know what the what everybody was finding putting it together and figuring out where you know what we're looking at here so um, all right so there's a word out there that is I guess what you're known as the father of archaeo gaming <laughs> tell, yeah. me, tell me a little bit about what exactly archaeo gaming is and how it came about yeah, um, our archaeo gaming, if you want to be really general about it, is just the intersection of archaeology and video games. You know, archaeology in video games and archaeology of video games. Um, when you look at it uh, from archaeology of video games, it's, it's basically like we did with the Atari Burial Ground. Here are a bunch of physical games that are dumped in an actual landfill on the real planet Earth, and we need to go and dig them up and figure out what's going on. You know, what can this tell us about economic history? What can this tell us uh, about consumer history? Um, what happens to cartridges when they are buried in the desert? You know, what does it do to the environment? You know, so, so you know, very traditional kind of stuff. Sure. And then you've got archaeology in video games, um, you know, which, which you can look in about a thousand different ways. You know, some folks, you know, are exploring... Um, you know, how archaeologists are portrayed or how archaeology is portrayed in games um, and other folks, you know, are basically playing the game with their archaeologist hat on and they're looking for things, you know, not just material culture or lore or things like that in these worlds, but also things like glitches, you know, hiccups in the computer code, um, you know, that uh, affect gameplay and why that happens. And, and so you've got that going on too. Now, um, I'm certainly not the first to, to do archaeo gaming, even though I, I invented the word, yeah. and and I run I run archaeogaming.com. Um, but uh, you really see this start to come about. I think in 2002, um, Ethan Wattrall um, at Michigan State was one of the first people to start looking at games and archaeology together. Um, and then ultimately, uh, he and then later uh, folks like Sean Graham created a site called Play the Past. Uh, which is a blog about playing historical games and, and using a historical interpretation of what's happening and, and basically doing a critique about how history is presented in video games. And so with, with archaeology and games, that kind of takes it one step further, treating these as artifacts and treating video games as archaeological sites. And, you know, you can class it as traditional archaeology, and also it falls under the rubric of what's called media archaeology, which is something that uh, has been worked on extensively by a guy named Jussi uh, Perica from Finland, who's at the University of Southampton now. Okay. So there's a lot of us that are doing this kind of thing. We all kind of found each other, because as soon as the blog came up, I started having people come out of the woodwork. It's like, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought I was the only one. I was sitting here thinking the same thing. When I heard about what you were doing, I was like, holy crap, there's people doing this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So we just hit it at the right time. I mean, the blog's been out since 2013, but people have been doing this for you know 10 years before, um, but just didn't have a have a kind of a catchy name yet. And so, for better or worse, it's archaeo gaming. Nice. Well, and see, I guess, do you feel like archaeo gaming is going to become like a, a new branch of archaeology? Um, you know, that could possibly be taught at university, or do you think this is something that just you know rogue gamer slash archaeologists are going to be no, doing it's as a, a side hobby? It's a thing. It's well, a 
It's a real thing. Um, God, I missed the college bandwagon by like <laughs> 10 years. There's a, um, there's a, a graduate program um, at the University of York in the UK, and you know, they have a thing called the Center for Digital Heritage. And they're doing MA and PhD programs, and they've got a lot of students, uh, PhD students, master's students, who are working on archaeology and video games, you know, for their theses and dissertations. Um, and you know, to, this is a degree-granting institution, and so this is being treated, you know, as real archaeology, um, as it should be, you know, because because archaeologists, you know, don't just dig in the dirt, and it doesn't have to be ancient. You know, we're looking at things. And we're looking at the people who use things. We're trying to draw connections between those and culture and the wider respect. And you know, what better culture is there now than gaming culture? Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's really cool. And and so people are are latching onto it. And we have a Wikipedia page now for some reason, and <laughs> it hasn't been taken down yet. <laughs> that's, well, see, that's a plus right there. I mean, people use Wikipedia every day, so just make sure nobody's changing up your uh, information on there. Yeah, yeah, I've been looking at it, and it's it's still around, and it hasn't been well, you know, knock on wood. I hope the listeners don't go and troll it, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, you know, it, yeah. it's got it's got links out to you know references and all that stuff. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I, I must have missed that bandwagon by about ten years. <laughs> I would I would have that would have been awesome. It's funny how. Uh, you know, you talk about cultures, and obviously with archaeology, you, you know, a lot of what you're studying is cultures, and like you said, how they use things. Um, and it's just gaming. The gaming culture has gone from almost, you know, very, very small to just it's exploded. I mean, it's just one of those cultures where gamers can get behind, um, get behind each other, or get behind a, a a project or something like that to the point where I mean this this is a culture that can be studied widely now and you know just yes. adding the archaeo gaming into it it's just it's even better um, so I noticed I in your recent interview I read um, with uh, was it Jordan Ullman from versions he mentions in his intro that games like unchart games like uncharted which is one of my favorite series um, I think mainly because you kind of get to play that treasure hunter. I'm not going to give him the name archaeologist because yeah. I, I know there's a difference. <laughs> and I'll explain that in a second too. But um, So games like Uncharted or even Tomb Raider um, are pretty destructive to history in the, and artifacts in the game, um, which you can definitely see. How do you feel about games like that and how they handle these situations? Oh, man. Um, you know, first of all, I, I, I love playing those games because I can be bad. Yep. I can be a bad archaeologist. Yep. It's go. like, I'm going to break this crate wide open. I'm going to take all these coins. I'm going to sell these artifacts at the auction house. Who you know, cares it's... about surveying them and <laughs> mapping the data? It's mine. Oh, my God. And, and, you know, it's the same thing as, like, playing Call of Duty or something. I want to go shoot up a bunch of dudes. Um, you know, I'm not going to do that in real life. But sure. in the video game, it's totally fine. It's another world, um, yeah. It's, well, yeah, it is. A different world, different rules, different physics, different ethics. Um, and so uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, with these games, you know, you have to look at them in a couple of ways. First of all, you can say it's entertainment. Uh, at the second, and, but the second way... Is basically you know well why is this entertaining you know why why is there the mechanic of looting why is it called looting and why is it so popular you know are there achievement points for when you don't loot um, are there examples you know in games when you get rewarded for not taking something and and the person who's doing a lot of work on this is Megan Dennis and she's one of the people at York right now uh, and you know she's really talking about ethics of archaeology and video games as part of her work and so yeah she was saying that in Dragon Age uh, I think in, in Inquisition you know you can go into the it was it the Emerald Blades if I'm remembering right but but uh, there are graves that you get attacked if you try to rob them yeah. and 
And so you've got the stuff like that going on. And so you know, she's looking at it from a developer side, from a player side, to see you know how how real world ethics transfer into a virtual space and vice versa. Um, you know, for for me, you know, I. <laughs> I kind of check that stuff at the door, you know, because yep. I like to play. Yeah. Um, if no, when No Man's Sky, you know, is with, with that game, um, I'm going to have to behave differently because I'm actually going to be doing real archaeology in the yep. game. I don't want to interfere with cultures. I don't want to take stuff unless unless it's absolutely necessary to advance the story. Sure. Um, or, or the gameplay, but hopefully not. Yep. Um, so uh, you know, who knows? But we'll be playing it in an ethical way right. uh, because. It's an open world and it lets you behave that way. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that the ethics and everything because um, Joe, the other one of the other hosts of um, No Man's Cast, and I were actually playing Elite Dangerous last night um, on like the New Horizons update, and they allow you to roam around planets in a little buggy. And we came ah. across an actual crashed alien ship, oh, and wow. it was being guarded by I'll just call them sentries at this point. But in order to actually attempt to pull the, the, the alien stuff out of there. You actually have to destroy these sentries first. So I'm sitting here thinking, uh, God, you know, in an archaeology standpoint, this is, I'm just going against everything, <laughs> everything uh, I know to this is like, destroy everything and then go in and get what I need and use it this as a resource. This is like what happened with the Taliban in Iraq. You know, you've got you've got guys set up around the you know Iraq National Museum, and you know they get they get killed, and the Taliban goes in and, and robs the place yeah. blind and tries to sell stuff on the market, and so all of a sudden you're playing the bad guy in that situation yeah. when you look at it from the other perspective. And yeah. you don't even think about that you're doing it though. Honestly, you, <laughs> you go in there and you're like, okay, what's the point of Elite Dangerous? You know, you fly around, you fight, you collect resources. Um, you know, you mine all those kinds of things, and then all of a sudden you're put in this situation where, well, I see this you know crashed ship. I want the resources. I don't care what it takes to get to them. Yeah. And then afterwards, you're like, what did I just do? I just destroyed you know, <laughs> these sentries that are guarding this, but I'm going to go ahead and take the stuff anyway. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So, again, we've discussed kind of the fact that I, am, I had also studied archaeology for a little while. But I remember in my intro to archaeology class in college, uh, the first day, my professor showed us some slides kind of teaching us, you know, what archaeology is. Um, you know, you see slides of Paleo Man, the temples in northern Greece, you know, islands in Crete. And then all of a sudden, a picture of Indiana Jones pops up. Mm -hmm. And the only thing he says to us is, and I quote, we are not, and I repeat, we are not Indiana Jones. <laughs> and that, that was literally the end of the first day. Um, I, I can tell you right there, my hopes were a little dashed, because going into archaeology, you know, I, I knew that, you know, you're not a tomb raider. You're not going in to steal stuff, but I'm like... Indiana Jones is the man, but yeah. I understood what he was saying. So, and you had kind of mentioned this a little bit, but when you, you're on a dig mm -hmm. or even diving into a, <clears throat> excuse me, a new game survey, do you feel a little like Nathan Drake or Indiana Jones or are you just, you're strictly professional on that? No, I mean, you know, we can, we can geek out or nerd out in all kinds of different ways, but, uh, you know, personally feeling like Indy or feeling like Drake, uh, I, I, I don't, um, and, you know, I kind of got the same lecture, you know, our, our dean, you know, when I first started the program, uh, was also an archaeologist, uh, and and uh, he's like, how many of you started archaeology because of Indiana Jones? And, and it was interesting, because there were 20 of us in the room, all freshmen, and no, nobody raised their hand. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I thought that was like, either they're lying, or this is a really yep. cool bunch of people. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. So, uh, 
so yeah, it's it's not like that. I mean, you know, uh, doing archaeology online or doing doing archaeology in the field, you kind of check all that stuff at the door. You know, you're not carrying you know any kind of hardware really, uh, with the exception of of whatever it is that you're using for your survey, your field walking, or your excavation. Sure. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's fun, um, but but you know, there's not that kind of rip roaring action adventure, and you know, certainly no Nazis. No, uh, well, yeah, see, that's, that's yeah, I hate those thing. guys. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, all right, so before we get on to the task at hand, uh, do you have any favorite games you've played or studied, or are you just kind of a lover of all games? Um, I, you know, I, I love to play anything because I think you can you can look at a, any at any game archaeologically. Um, when I was at this conference in Leiden, sponsored by Value, uh, which is which is a video game um, uh, organization for archaeologists out there in the Netherlands, actually, yeah. um, uh, I was I was kind of goofing on the the theme of archaeology of solitaire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can you know, like, yeah, because you know, when people think about archaeology and games, they're thinking like, oh, you're going in and you're looking at temples that are in the game or you're looking at, at pots that are in the game or coins or whatever. And, and yes and no, you know, because all of that stuff, you know, a lot of that is, is it just appears because of design choices. And Reddit has been really good at telling me it's the design, stupid. And, yeah. and, and you know, they're kind of right, um, which is why this procedural element is, is really interesting. But, um, you know, with... Uh, yeah, you know, with with other games, the games that I, I really started thinking about hard archaeologically were World of Warcraft and Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. um, specifically Skyrim. And when I started playing, I started with Skyrim because I started with Elder Scrolls late. And so I was yep. in Skyrim and I put in a bunch of hours, and then and then uh, sorry months and, <laughs> and months turns into you know years. Yeah, just, oh my god, I love that freaking game. It's um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> but but then I started backing up. I'm like, well, if Skyrim is like this, what's what's uh, what's Oblivion like? What's Morrowind like? What's Daggerfall like? Um, and and I started working my way back. And by working my way back, it was like peeling back layers. You know, when you're excavating, because mm-hmm. you have something called the law of superposition, which says that the most recent stuff is at the top yep. and the older stuff is at the bottom. And and I wanted to see like how did the design choices change? You know, did uh, Imperials look the same this game as they did in the other game? And you know what. Is their armor, what their weapons like, um, and you know, looking at architecture and things like that too. Now, granted, these are human design choices, but I was really interested because archaeology is looking at human-created things. You know, what the designers were actually doing, what they decided to carry forward, you know, from game to game in the series, and the same kind of thing was true when I was in WoW because you know I started playing vanilla WoW. And then, you know, you had, you had expansions like Burning Crusade or Wrath of the Lich King, for example, and things are happening in the world. You know, all of a sudden, Orgrimmar is, is like, different, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, seeing what those changes, you know, how, how those occur, how the player community you know, interacts with mm-hmm. that. And, you know, it's just... You know, there, there, there's so many things that you can you can take a look at, you know, with, with, with the culture and with, with the objects in those games that I couldn't help but, but start, you know, applying that to other things, too. But, yeah, yeah WoW and, uh, and Elder Scrolls, you know, are, will always be favorites. Absolutely. I actually, and I know I'm probably going to get some serious wrath from people, but I, I started the Elder Scrolls series with Skyrim. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I put so many hours into that. It was, it was crazy. And then all of a sudden... Um, trying to think of when what year it was it was a few years back obviously elder scrolls online came out um i started playing that yeah a little bit on pc <clears throat> pc and then it came over to xbox which uh, most of the people in the cast know i started like my gaming serious gaming with xbox um i 
came from NES. I played some Atari, things like that. But like serious gaming competitively and stuff like that with Xbox. So when that came out, I had a group of buddies that we used to play Elder Scrolls constantly with. So I know like just getting into that game, they always wanted to go through and do all the quests and do all the dungeon raids and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just want to sit here and look at this. Yeah, you know, take my time and experience all this. And here they're, you know, they're leveled up and they've got all this raid gear and I'm sitting back here in Elf in like one of the beginning areas just looking at stuff. So Yeah, you I, know, I know what you mean. I uh, I'm right there with you. I did the same thing with ESO. Um and then also with WoW, it's like sometimes I'll just go back to Mulgore. Yeah. And and you know, sit with my homies, you know, yeah. in the old hood, and just kind of kind of chill out for a little bit, listen to the music and the wind and the grass and stuff. It, yeah, and it's 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 ridiculous. Like I, I know, <laughs> like a lot of my friends, some of my friends are super competitive with like, games like Call of Duty and stuff like that. And then I try to get them into games like Elder Scrolls or Fallout or something like that, and they're like, "Man, that's too slow for me." I'm like, well, "Seriously? <laughs> just take your time." <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Use it. Use it like some people read a book for stress relief. I walk around Elder Scrolls or Fallout and just like look at stuff. So yes. Um, all right, so one of the reasons I've got you here is No Man's Sky. Um, we talked a little bit about kind of what you're doing with uh, the No Man's Sky archaeology survey, but a full-scale survey on 18 quintillion planets. So how is this possible? I know you spoke a little bit about the three waves that you're doing, but um, how do you plan on getting the most out of the survey and making sure that the, the survey is you know, worth the time and the effort that you're yeah. getting into it? Archaeologists, especially those who do archaeological surveys, um, you know, in the world, in the real world, uh, face the same same kind of question because you really you've got a team, maybe you've got ten people on your team, five people, twenty people, um, and you've got a lot to survey. You know, you've got a lot of acreage, you've got square miles to cover, and so so how do you do that? And so you know, with a survey archaeologist in the real world, you're basically you know kind of looking at the map and saying, well, let's look at this one kilometer square and then let's skip two kilometers and we'll go over here for another kilometer square and then and you'll keep doing that so you know it's not like total coverage because that's that's inefficient right um, but what you do is you try to make best guesses or you try to to look at surveys uh, saying well let's let's look over here by this river let's look over here where the mountain meets the plain let's look over here in this field um, and see if you can start to draw conclusions about habitation movement commerce um, you know, hunting, things like that, too. And so we're taking those same kind of, of we're taking that same skill set and we're applying it to a universe, basically, where we're going to say, okay, we're going to start in this quadrant, and this quadrant has this number of systems, we think, and then this system has a couple of planets that look promising. And, you know, we'll go and take a look, and everybody around the galaxy will be doing kind of the same thing, um, and, you know, just leapfrog on the way in. So we're not going to cover everything. And this... Yeah, at least personally, and I say that because one of the things that we're we're still waiting to hear back on um, is mods. Yep. Um, you know that with uh, No Man's Sky, it's coming out on PlayStation Four, but it's also coming out on Steam. Yep. Um, and because you know, if, if you're familiar with with Steam and like Skyrim, the modding community is gigantic, huge, and yeah, it's enormous. And so you know, I'm really hoping there's there's a mod community, modding community, or the ability to do modding. Um, in No Man's Sky so that people on Steam can actually build things for us like drones. Yep. And what we want the drones to do um, is we want them to survey for us. We know that we can't cover everything everywhere, but if there's a way that we can make a drone or if there's a way that we can kind of goof on the system to get all of the data all at once of all of the planets, um, you know, all of a sudden we'll have 
we'll have a, just a ton of data and in, almost an infinite amount of data to, to start looking at and, and drawing conclusions regarding how the algorithms work and, and what it means for a computer or a machine you know, to interpret code to create elements of material culture and built environments. Sure. So you, you'd mentioned that each, each person on your team kind of has their own specific like focus. Yeah. Um, but with everybody kind of like, you know, starting in their own spot in the galaxy, like how yeah. do you make sure that, you know, the, the geomorphologist over here, you know, is studying that, but how do you make sure like somebody else on the team that might be studying the fauna or something like that is able to study what he is? Or is he just specifically going to study that for where he goes and you're going to study your specific part for where you go and things like that? Um, for, for the time being, you know, we, we, in our, uh, we've, we've got a stuff up on Google Drive right now that we're, we're currently pounding on. Um, and one of those sections is our research questions. You know, so everybody is, is providing feedback as far as what their research questions are. And everyone has access to those research questions. And so we can always have that in the back of our mind when we're going. We, we know that the census is a survey. We're looking for, for a lot of general things. Mm -hmm. but, if that, but if we see animals, if we see, you know, aliens or humanoids, if we see, a, you know, current or abandoned cities or towns or villages or, or, or structures, um, you know, we know enough to, to go and photograph them, video them, geotag them, and then we can share that information amongst ourselves, saying we found these cool animals here, so there's the zooarchaeologist, and they can look at the data and compare that to what they found on their planets, okay. uh, and, and do that with all of the other stuff. Um, and as, as, you know, the, the citizen science aspect comes about later in the summer, uh, we hope that people will just document everything, and we'll be able to categorize using vocabularies and typologies, um, you know, and it could be things like like things with four legs, yep. or or it could be you know abandoned ships or or whatever, uh, and then we can go in and start taking a look at that too to start drawing conclusions. So you know we have specific interests, but at the same time we understand that other people want stuff too, and sure. so we want to collect as much as we can. That's yeah. So it, just as a quick question for that, so are you guys planning on like recording every time you play so that you can go back and look at that, or is it just specific times that you're doing that? Um, we've got a Twitch channel. It's Twitch twitch.tv slash NMS archaeology, all one word. Um, and it, there's nothing there yet because we, you know, the game's not out, so there's nothing right. to stream. Um, but with uh, you know, with the Twitch channel, we wanted to to basically allow people to do like kind of ride-alongs with the archaeologists. So and because there's a chat in Twitch, you can always you know just add stuff into the chat saying what's that over there or, or why are you doing it this way. Um, and you know, so we can engage people in what it means to do actual archaeology in a virtual in a virtual universe. Um, so we've got that going on, and you know, we're also going to be doing stuff. I know that that some folks are going to be streaming twenty four seven. Some of the guys on the team, they're like, we're just going to hit record whenever we play, and that footage will be saved, and you can go through the footage later, sure. uh, and you can either edit it or you can leave it as raw and. And uh, it'll just be around, sure. um, you know. So, so uh, I haven't decided personally how I'm going to do it. Um, I, I think recording all the time, for for me, uh, it's it's that's not going to be the best use of of, of, of my time and energy. Um, but uh, but but for other folks, you know, they're they're going to do it and they'll deal with the, the stuff later. Cool. Well, I noticed, and this is a kind of a question I skipped over real quick, but I noticed that. You know, obviously, with a lot of archaeology digs, you have to find some sort of funding, whether it's the university that you're working under is sponsoring you or something. But are you guys funded, or are you just doing this as a passion project? No, this this is a this is a passion project. You know, if, if you know if, if Sony or, <laughs> or somebody wants to 
throw some money. I mean, you know, really the the only money that would be needed or the only resources that would be needed is like to upgrade hardware for playing, you know, yep. so that you're, you're, you're using some kind of overclocked monster of a PC. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're playing PS4, and, and I guess um, Sony's VR headsets are coming out in October, so, like, getting the headsets for the team sure. would be cool. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, otherwise, it's just we're playing when we have time to play. You know, I'm taking time off work to do this. Sure. Uh, but, you yeah. know, because I'm taking this super uh, seriously. I think a lot of I'm, people are going to be doing that. But. Yeah, you know, we're going to sit around like an Overwatch, and we're like, why is this working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took a day off for this. I took a day off. And it's, it's like every every single launch that I've ever been a part of is like, why are the servers not working? Oh, yeah, there's about 35 billion people trying to play right now. Yeah, so you know, with with because this is not an MMO, I'm hoping I'm hoping that it, it the launch is a bit smoother. Yeah. Um, although you know, Skyrim was a little different. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. That's you know, that's the truth for sure. Lesson learned. But as an archaeologist who's interested in glitching um, and who's also interested in kind of a group behavior, being there on day one to record what happens, mm-hmm. um, I think is paramount. So you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's it's funny you say that because No Man's Cast is actually going to be streaming day one as well. We're going to try to do a podcast like launch day as well, but we're going to be streaming. So it'll be interesting, like that group mentality, seeing what people say or. You know the the people I don't want to call them out or anything that are watching the Twitch stream at work. Um, <laughs> you know if they're like, oh, you know, I didn't get a chance to play or I didn't get the day off. It'll be fun to see kind of what everybody wants you to look at while you're playing. So, um, yeah. okay. So you mentioned there's an ethicist in your group. Uh, yeah. What what's their role? I guess as far as No Man's Sky and like what are they trying to help you with specifically? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I met uh, Kath- Dr. Catherine Flick. Uh, she's at uh, Leicester. Uh, you know, that just won the Champions League, not Champions League, the English Premier League, and yep. uh, King, King Richard III is there, there and everything. But, but yeah, no, she, um, that's, this is what she does. She's an archaeologist, she's also an ethicist. And, and I met her at Leiden, um, you know, as part of this, this video game, you know, archaeo gaming conference. And she's like, you know, this, this sounds like a really cool project. You know, what are your ethics involved? And this is something that, that Megan Dennis and I have been talking about for a little bit. But she's like, you know, I, can, I do this all the time. So, so, you know, we started off by saying, well, maybe we can do like the prime directive of Star Trek. You know, yeah. do no harm, don't interfere, don't blow anybody up, um, and, and don't affect like the future of a particular yeah. culture by yeah. interacting with them. And so we started from there. And then we said, well, what other codes of ethics are there for archaeologists? And so we went to the American Anthropological Association to take a look to the Society of American Archaeologists to see what theirs was, and we started merging those together, along with um, stuff for software engineers um, to yep. see, you know, how we should behave in certain situations. And you know, what's interesting is is uh, you know, there's there's no, as far as we understand it, in No Man's Sky, there's no permadeath. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, we expect to die an awful lot, oh, but yeah. that that really that really bodes well for the archaeologist who screws up when interacting with the culture, for example, is because you know, instead of making that decision of do I shoot somebody or not, I can shoot myself. Yeah, <laughs> maybe take myself out, take yeah. my helmet off. And then start over a reset, and there's no harm done, you know, to whatever I'm interacting with. The reason why this is really important is that uh, if we interact with something, you know, with the culture or whatnot. Now, I, granted, we're going to have to like do some trading and stuff yep. like that, but so the game will be set up for it. But but for some of these cultures or some of the animals or whatever, you know, we we want to observe them in their natural habitat, not them as they're reacting to us, but as they react to each other, and we want to do that from a distance. Sure. Um, and so, you know, that's a lot of what's what's going on. It's but. interesting that you mention that because we we know that you know with No Man's Sky, there's there's like a your objective, your overall objective is basically to explore, but to 
attempt to reach the center at some point, but we haven't heard anything about an actual like storyline. So yeah. knowing that, you know, if you do happen to interact with somebody at this point, what we know, you know, that shouldn't screw up the outcome of what you do later. Yeah. Other I'm, than obviously if you, you know, start to pick a fight with the Sentinels or whatever, but yeah. I mean, yeah, the interactions shouldn't necessarily maim your progress in well, the game later on. Yes and no. I mean, you know, you've got, there's going to be factions and there's going to be rep, you know, and so you know, doing doing bad things to one faction, you'll lose rep there. You might gain rep in other, yeah. you know, with other factions and stuff. And, you know, it's just like other games. I was going to say, how do, you, how do you manage that as an archaeologist attempting to, you know, not try to manipulate the, you know, the outcome of anything too much? Are you guys going to plan on trying to stay as neutral as possible with all factions? Um, I, th I think that's the goal, you okay. know, whether that's achievable or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but we're going to, we're going to shoot for that. Yeah. Now, granted, granted, we're going to need to trade. We're going to need to gather resources so that we can upgrade our technology. So it doesn't take us a million years to get from place to place. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we can get better digging tools and, and, and better protection, you know, for, for the sure. environments. Yeah. Uh, so w we have to strike a balance, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, um, I had side note, I just had a question. Quick question for you. you: Have you guys had any conversations with Hello Games about the survey or anything like that? Um, you, you know, um, I, I did, um, and this this happened back in June of 2015. Um, I, I was, you know, I was really starting to to have some really good thoughts about the archaeological survey and what we wanted to do, and I wanted to interview somebody, Sean or somebody, you know, at Hello, about material culture specifically. And um, I got in touch and actually got a couple of responses. We, we wrote each other for about two days, June 3rd to June 5th last year. Alex Wilshire, yeah. he's no longer with Hello. Uh, I, checked the, I checked the masthead on their website the other day and he's not there anymore. Um, but uh, uh, we had a conversation. It was just really cagey. He's like, you know, this is really cool. This sounds really great. You know, when we get closer to the game launch, you know, we'll, we'll certainly set something up. And, and now he's gone and uh, follow-up emails have gone unanswered, which doesn't surprise me at all because it's a small shop and they're doing a very big game. So yep. I'm, I'm the last person they want to talk to. Um, but but there there was enthusiasm at least by one person at Hello about this kind of thing. Uh, sure. But it really didn't get anywhere. I didn't get any concrete information, unfortunately. Yeah. It seems like you know it's not a knock at all, but it seems like they've been very obviously since they put out the stuff for, with IGN, they have shut up since you know anything's come out. They haven't talked. They haven't done any interviews and stuff like that. And we had yeah we had a conversation with. Uh, Cobra TV actually, we we did a cast with them um, a few weeks back, and he was mentioning how they've basically said that they won't be doing any more interviews until the game comes out, until the launch. So that makes sense. I yeah. mean, you know, like you said, small shop, big game. They're probably trying to do as much as they possibly can and keep it as under wraps as possible. So I remember I, I saw a tweet from Sean Murray last week. It was basically, "Has anybody slept yet?" Yeah, yep. <laughs> I saw that exact same tweet too. It's like I wanted to respond back and say, "If you look at Reddit, no, nobody's sleeping." But yeah, it's. I think it, that's that's one of the things that just shocks me so much because, like, with big, big games, obviously there, you know, there's always a lot of stuff leading up to launch, and they've just kind of been quiet, which makes me just actually that much more excited for you know what's to come. So, yeah. um, so from our previous conversations, obviously, I, I know that you mentioned you have you have heard of the Librarian Knights. Um, Yes, and we actually interviewed one of their uh, one of their heads last week on our podcast that just went up. But um, it's a No Man's Sky community uh, that plan to catalog pretty much everything they can in the game. There's a whole lot of different people studying a whole lot of different things. Um, I'm actually head of the archaeology school there with them, but and I'm planning on doing something similar to what the uh, NMSAS is before um, I had heard about it. 
obviously ours is on a much more small scale, but can you talk about um, like some of the some of the specific roles that you guys have on your team again, real quick? Yeah, um, you know, as, as far as the team is concerned, um, you know, we don't we don't have have any dedicated you know personnel for you know this person's a digger, this person's a surveyor, thing, sure. you know, this person's a field walker, um, you know things like that. But uh, you know, as far as as you know who who's on the team, you know, every one of us has. You know, general skills you know that have been field tested and then there are others who have special specialties um, you know so we've got the zooarchaeologist you know we've got the geologist we've got a geomorphologist a GIS uh, technician um, we've got a space archaeologist um, and and then we've got a lot of generalists you know who have you know done field work whether it's in the Americas or in uh, uh, in Europe and you know they're bringing those skills to bear also just because they game this and it seemed like a really interesting project and they've done survey before so sure. you know let's uh, let's have them aboard and see what we can do a lot more experience the better obviously yeah yeah uh, so you had mentioned you had actually or we had talked about you spoke with an ultra mechanic from LK um, and you're going to be sharing some of the survey templates as soon as you guys kind of get some of that stuff drawn up um, so how does it make you feel to know that you know more players are actually kind of taking an approach similar to what you're doing in a large game. Uh, I think it's great. Um, it, it confirmed in my mind that we're kind of on the right track. Sure. You know, if a lot of people are kind of focusing on this stuff, then we're probably thinking thinking correctly. Uh, you know, we, we might get in there and it's a total it's a total shitstorm, but <laughs> uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, so, so uh, no, it's been great. I mean, for Archeo Gaming, then for NMSAS, you know, when when the piece um, and versions came out, you know, for Kill Screen, um, there was so much positive feedback, um, you know, that I saw, you know, from Twitter and DMs and emails and stuff. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was expecting it was going to be like, "Are you kidding me?" But no, people. It had a real resonance with folks, mm -hmm. and I think you know, people want to do archaeology. They're curious about what archaeology is, you know, and how it works. And this is, you know, when when I got the email from Nultra, I was like, "Wow, this is really this is really cool," you know, because here's another group. They're doing something similar. They want to share data. We want to share data. Um, and like with the context sheets, for example, you know, I, we've got surveyor forms, and actually, it's funny. I'm I'm getting uh, forms from a lot of different friends, and we're kind of putting them in together into a one big monster form that people can use and distribute to their team members. Cool. You know, it's open source. Yeah. Um, and you know, so we've got field walking forms from Cyprus, and um, my, my my colleague um, in uh, Germany, uh, Liner Linda, um, he uh, has has context sheets from Dwarf Fortress. Oh, they did excavations in Dwarf Fortress, and so he's sharing nice. those forms with us. And so, so yeah, you know, we're getting all of this material, and we're we're just mixing the real with the virtual to to come up with this this kind of hybrid um, that people can use, and people can share. But, but yeah, you know, this this whole project is all about citizen science. It's all about open access, open source. And so, you know, we will, we're we're going to give everything away. You know, it's all going to be out there for sure. anybody to use. Uh, and and uh, it was just really cool to be contacted out of the blue by. The librarian nights and and uh, to to see the other people, folks are actually you know, very serious about what we're about to do and what they're about to do. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that was kind of like I said one of the main focuses because when I heard you were doing this and I realized you know I'm the head of the archaeology school there, I was like, wait a minute, this <laughs> this could this could prove to help us out in a, in the long run. Kind of you know things I can give out to the other people as part of the archaeology school and say, hey, look at this, you know. You know, oh, yeah. take a look at this, and use this if you want, otherwise, you know, kind of figure out what you want to do, and yeah, it's and, one of those community things. It's, uh, and, you know, vice versa, I mean, it's very much about community, because, you know, we're, we're not laying claim to anything, or we're basically saying, this is what we're going to try, 
And if it works, great. If it doesn't, great. And if you guys can show us something that's working for you, we're going to use it. And if we have something that's going to work better for you, then you're welcome to have it. Sure. That, no, that's, that's excellent. So how does preparation for No Man's Sky compare to anything like that you've surveyed before as far as like World of Warcraft or something like that? Uh, I've, I've done more prep for NMS um, than for any other game or project I think I've ever done. Uh, it, I mean, there's so much, and, and part, of, part of this is because there's, a lot, there's still a lot of mystery. I mean, Hello has been really good about keeping things close to the vest and about managing expectations and just letting little things out you know, at a time, you know, for us to kind of examine. So, you know, it's it's been really interesting, um, you know, to to follow along as much as I can, and then to go into the go into Reddit and go into you know different communities and different websites, Facebook pages, whatever, and see what other people are saying, um, and seeing what their screenshots are, and and you know, reading every interview I can and stuff to to just try to be as ready as possible, understanding that we're not ready. We're, we won't be ready until after we've started playing for a couple of weeks, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, things will gel. Um, but you know, the the more we know ahead of time going in, the better. We want to be as prepared as possible. Sure. Okay. So, it's a what are you? I guess over a broad question for you is what are you planning on doing with the information that you collect? But um, how long are you planning on doing this survey? <laughs> you know, I, I've been joking with friends. You know, saying this is the last game I'm ever going to play. <laughs> That's now th that could mean that I die next year. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but at the same time, you know, for as long as that galaxy. Yeah, you know, that universe. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, as long as we play, uh, let me start over. With with the universe of No Man's Sky, as long as it's hosted somewhere on a server, server farm in the cloud, you know, wherever, um, I'm going to be accessing that however I can. And you know, when they're like PlayStation Eight out there, I'll still have my PS4 and I'll still be playing around uh, and stuff. So I, I don't plan on ever stopping um, exploring. Uh, now, realistically, you know, people are going to play for however you know time, how much time they've got, and we want to do a preliminary report after the first six months. We want to do a published kind of end of season, end of one year report, you know, that we can put out in a journal, yeah. a peer-reviewed academic journal. Um, I would see that the ultimate mission might be between three and five years. I think by that time we will have collected as much representative data as we possibly can, and not just us, but you know, the the thousands and maybe even millions but probably you know tens to hundreds of thousands of people who have who've logged on and have discovered stuff that atlas is the mother load of all archaeological data for us and sure. so being able to access the atlas over time being able to contribute being able to you know to uh, you know see what's going on there um, is going to be super and that can happen when we're not playing the game we can just look at the atlas and see you know or go to the homepage and see what's going on, um, and how things have changed, and what people have found, and draw conclusions there. It's great to have the community kind of doing archaeology, and they're not even knowing it. They're taking screen grabs, they're taking video. They might not be thinking about archaeology at all, but we are, and we can take a look at that stuff and say, "Hey, this is cool." Yeah, no, that I think that it's just it's it's interesting to me because there's obviously so many different outlets that you can you can actually use to you know to publish this kind of stuff. But are you guys planning on publishing like some sort of a a book or even like a, a paper on this topic? Yeah, no man's sky. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll, we'll put the survey out. You know we'll we'll put uh, you know we'll we'll put the article out as a white paper. Um, you know there may be stuff enough for a book after a few years. We have a partnership um, with OpenContext.org. Um, this is a, a group that's uh, and a site that's run by uh, Dr. Eric Kanza um, out of California, 
And you know, his project is funded in part by the National Endowment of the Humanities and National Science Foundation and some other heavy hitters. And, and they're currently hosting all kinds of data, archaeological data and archaeological publication um, for real-world sites, you know, like Petra, for example. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, he and I have been friends for a while, and I said, would you mind, or do you think it's weird that we would put the archaeology of a procedurally gener generated universe alongside real-world archaeology is like, no, this is awesome. And, and so we have a, public, a publishing partner with them. You know, it'll be online publication. We just see all the media. Um, we'll have the data exported, and then we'll be publishing write-ups as we do them. And so, you know, like, you know, the zooarchaeologists will be writing from that perspective on No Man's Sky, and uh, the GIS tech would be, you know, writing about the GIS of the thing, or the geomorphology of the thing, or the, the architecture, or whatever. Um, and so, you know, between all of us, maybe each we each come up with a chapter for a book, or or who knows what. But all of that will be available for free on Open Context as as it happens. That's awesome because I I know that you know when I'm not playing, that's definitely something I'll be looking into just to kind of see what you guys have found and all that stuff. Are you guys playing? You you mentioned you're both all playing on different consoles. You do in PC and PS4, or do you have a specific? Yeah. Not to split. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I know at least one person on the team is going to do both. Okay. But as far as we understand it, you know, the Atlas and the Galaxy, that's just one of them. Um, and that's populated by people on both platforms. Sure. Uh, and because it's not a multiplayer, uh, not a, like a real multiplayer, right. uh, it's okay for you to be you know, on a PC or a PS4 because you're, you're doing the same stuff in the same universe, but you're never going to really interact with any, any uh, non-AI, sure. um, so far as we understand. So... So, a yeah. um, couple more questions for you, real quick. How you mentioned kind of your or the website and your Twitter and stuff like that. But how can if the community wants to kind of watch your progress as you go, um, you know, what where can we find you, or what what are some of the sites that you guys are using? Yeah, um, you know, with with the you know, Twitch.tv slash NMS Archaeology is one thing. Um, we have a Twitter. It's at NMS Archaeology. And that's where most of the as it happens news and screen grabs and, and video and stuff will be coming out. Um, I think ultimately we will have a home, um, you know, for for what the survey is doing and have its own dedicated site. But until we actually get in there and start figuring out what's what and what the material is that we're collecting and everything, um, we don't have a page for that yet. And uh, you know, so you know, keep keep your nose to social media. Sure. Um, especially the Twitter, and, and 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 as yeah, as things happen and as things get a more firm shape, um, you know, then we can certainly, you know, have have that uh, coming out, and also going to opencontext.org and looking for the NMS uh, AS entry, um, you can you can follow along with the data that's coming back. So, is there a way for the community to actually get involved and help your team at all? Yeah, um, we want that to happen. We definitely want that to happen. Um, we're 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 trying to keep it small, you know, with the initial team at least for the first month or two, um, just because we need to figure out what works best. You know, what what's an efficient way to do things? What are the best practices? What vocabulary should we be using? Um, how do you describe things? How do we categorize things? Um, and once we have that stuff refined, um, we can actually you know put together like a wiki. We can put together uh, a fact. Um, and uh, some basic user instructions, you know, for, for anybody who wants to go and participate. And so, you know, when, when that stuff is ready after the first month or two, um, we'll put that up on the Twitter and then there'll be download links and people can go, you know, basically go nuts yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and, and can help out. And we can, you know, that'll, you know that, that's always been 
part of the idea of the survey is we can't do it alone and we don't want to do it alone we want it to be a community thing sure. well I, I hope for you guys that whatever you know whatever sites you guys use and all that stuff that you don't get trolled to hell I, <laughs> like, I can see yeah. that you know that being a tough thing especially for an archaeologist but I think that uh, you know that if it happens, it happens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, we're going we're, we're to still be playing. I was going to say, it's inevitable, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but, Andrew, I really want to say a huge thank you to you um, and your crew for giving me some time uh, to nerd out, obviously, yeah. to talk about archaeology and gaming. Um, but uh, this is it's seriously a great experience. Like I said, it's, it's been a long time coming for you know, me to actually sit down and talk with another archaeologist, but is also to you know, talk with somebody that does both gaming and archaeology. Um, I hope... Uh, it's given the listeners a new perspective on gaming and the professional archaeologist, not to be confused with Indiana Jones. <laughs> but um, like I said, again, thank you very much. Um, do you have anything else you want to add at all? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll add one, one technical thing uh, that I forgot to mention earlier. And, uh, you know, people are talking about, well, archaeology, and they think of archaeology as either excavation or archaeology as, like, looking at stuff. And, you know, that's, that's true, you know, to some extent, but it's not the whole thing. One of the things that we really wanted to, to put out there is the fact that we're going to be using a lot of what's called a, uh, agent-based models. Um, and with agent-based models, we're basically looking at patterns of behavior or discovering patterns of behavior that are governed by the rules of the game. So it's basically understanding the algorithms through play, and the more we play, the more we understand, and then we can start to do some mathematical predictions about where things will actually appear, and that's going to be pretty magical when that happens. Yeah, I think it, the procedural generation just leads to just some absolutely crazy things happening. Um, we had mentioned that in one of our casts previous how they had sent they had actually sent out drones to check out yeah. some of the planets in order to you know kind of figure out if anything was messing around and they actually found like buildings walking around on yeah. the planets I, w I i was just i was laughing at that like you know you, you can't you can't write this stuff because obviously it just it happens with the technology you're using so oh, like that's like miyazaki or something it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that building seriously walking around i you know i I can't wait to find one of those. Oh, you know, that's... You know that that or you know, <laughs> some random spacecraft that just attacks anything that comes into its area, and you're just per you're completely dying every time that you relog into that area. I mean, yeah, it'd be absolutely frustrating, it, but it'd be it, hilarious. Anything can happen, but finding out the rules of the behavior about why that's happening, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's archaeology, and, and that's that's an agent-based model. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's the big the big takeaway for the team. It's funny people that play games don't necessarily understand that sometimes they actually are studying culture without studying culture or yes. without studying what they're doing you know when a game tells you to go read this or go look at this I mean that's that's part of it that's the that's the experience yeah you bet but uh, again thank you very much do you, you want to run down real quick to some of the major links for uh, NMS archaeology or even for archaeo gaming yeah sure um, archaeogaming.com is the main website uh, twitch.tv slash NMS archaeology uh, on Twitter, it's at NMS Archaeology, and the data and publications uh, will be hosted by opencontext.org. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks again for listening to the first minicast of No Man's Cast off the record. Um, make sure to tune in every week for a new episode of No Man's Cast, um, covering everything No Man's Sky. Uh, as always, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash blackbookproductions. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes by searching for No Man's Cast. And our social media hubs like Twitter, we are at No Man's Cast. And, of course, the new 
newer, I guess, social media site, MZ, by searching for No Man's Cast. Uh, for Joe, Joey, uh, this is Ty with No Man's Cast, and we will see you soon in No Man's Sky.